I'd like to uh, tell you a little bit about a uh, roommate that I had in college. Uh, first thing you know, need to know about him is that uh, he was and is a devoted follower of Jesus. He uh, loves God, loves God's people, uh, and just loves following Jesus. The next thing to know is that uh, he is uh, an outstanding athlete. Uh, when he was uh, in high school, he was a starting quarterback of the uh, football team. Uh, he was so gifted and such an inspirational leader uh, that he led his uh, team to a state championship. Uh, but the main thing I wanted to uh, let you know is uh, what I learned from him when I was uh, his roomie. Because when you share uh, a little dorm room and uh, the guy becomes your lifelong friend, uh, you can learn something. To start, let me just take you back to this uh, college dorm and the fact that uh, the laundry facilities were several flights down into the basement. And so when you do your laundry, you had to bring the laundry down. Uh, and then uh, when it was uh, dried, uh, you had to come back up. It was a five-minute you know, kind of round trip, uh, lugging that uh, laundry back up the hot stairwell. Uh, so you know, when, I, uh, when I was doing uh, my laundry and this clothes were in the dryer, I would set a little timer in uh, my dorm room and then... Uh, as I was wont to do, uh, go next door to my uh, friend uh, next door just to kind of hang out in the dorm room next door. And as I did, I would just uh, say to my roommate, hey, when the timer goes off, just give me a yell. Well, I found out that with my uh, roommate, this system didn't work. Because whenever the timer went off, he would silence it. He wouldn't yell to me. Instead, he would go down those stairs, get my laundry, lug them back up the stairs, and then this all-star athlete, this uh, all-state quarterback, would fold my clothes. My roommate also had a reputation that when anyone got sick on the uh, floor, without being asked, he would stop in the cafeteria, get some food, bring it back to the floor mate who was sick. And my roommate also became well-known as an intentional friend to those students on campus who were uh, physically challenged. Uh, my roommate uh, would seek them out and get to know them because he explained that, you know, for some people, a wheelchair uh, was a barrier, and so a lot of times these students uh, wouldn't have a lot of friends. But not only would my roommate seek these uh, students out to be their friend, but he would uh, make note of their schedule uh, and then he would make sure uh, that he could arrange his schedule so he could be at the right place at the right time to help them navigate their wheelchair in order to get into their class. Or he would help them with their tray uh, through the lunch line. Now let me ask you, if you were one of those uh, wheelchair students, how would you feel about having a friend who would arrange his schedule so he could race across campus in order to help you uh, in your wheelchair navigate those stairs in the class? How would you feel uh, if you were a student who was sick in your dorm room and you had a friend drop by with some meal uh, from the cafeteria? How would you feel if you were a, a roommate who's got his timer silenced and then had that roommate go down to the dryer, get your clothes, and bring them back up for you and fold them? How would you feel? Let me tell you how you would feel. You would feel loved. You would feel loved. And this is what I learned from my roommate, and I'm still learning. Most people think that they are a loving person because they have loving feelings. Most people think that they're a loving person because they don't hate anybody. 
Most people think that they're a loving person because they wish people well and they uh, are very friendly in their attitude. Well, I learned that love, at least the kind of love that changes a, pe a person so that they're still talking about it 40 years later, that kind of love is not a set of positive feelings. Love serves. Love is not a set of feelings. It is a set of actions. Love that makes a difference is a love that puts aside my convenience, a love that stops the constant self-seeking and actually focuses, actually looks for opportunities to serve someone else. That's what I learned from my roommate and what I'm still learning. And so today, let's learn a little bit more about love serves by the one who taught my roommate, by studying what Jesus did and said in the Gospel of John, chapter 13. You might want to turn there in your Bible or your device, or just listen as uh, you hear these words from John 13, starting at verse 1. It was just before Passover. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, Jesus put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus, hours before going to the cross, celebrated the Passover meal with his followers. And as a formal meal, it was customary to have a servant or whoever was the youngest or the lowest in status to take a bowl of water and wash the road dusty feet of the guests. But Jesus shocked everyone by himself, taking the bowl and taking a towel and washing his followers' feet. Shocking because foot washing was the job of the one who was lowest in rank and Jesus was the highest in rank. Why did Jesus do this? Jesus washed feet in order to show, to demonstrate how love works. Love isn't a feeling. Love works serves. And by example, Jesus teaches that love serves through me when I know who I am. Jesus demonstrates that God is love, and becoming a loving person begins with knowing who I am in this God of love. Do you notice those words of Jesus? Jesus knew. Jesus knew knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, so he wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus knew who he was. And the interesting thing is that Jesus, who knew who he was in God, didn't, that didn't result in a serve me attitude. 
It resulted in a let me serve you attitude. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew that he was God in the flesh. And you would think that this would mean that Jesus would be the one who would be going around saying, hey, hey, the biggest piece of pie, that's for me. Keep in mind, I made all the ingredients. I'm God. Hey, 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 the comfy chair, hey, that's mine. Hey, don't forget, I'm God. But that wasn't Jesus. You would think the, the person who knew he was God would be the most about, serve me, serve me. No, the person who most knew who he was in God had the least interest in being served and the most interest in serving others. Jesus proves that the more I know who I am in God, the more love serves through me. This is what's depicted in our love works diagram. The diagram starts with the boom, boom, heart of God and how God so loved the world that he came to us in Jesus. And when God came to us, he didn't come to dominate us or to intimidate us. He came in Jesus to serve us. Jesus served us to death, dying on the cross so that we could have forgiveness and a relationship with God, which leads us to the next part of the diagram, where one by one, we put faith in what Jesus did on the cross, and then Jesus, and then God fills us with his spirit, fills me with his spirit who loves and serves through me. And the more I know who I am in God, the more this love overflows in, in the form of serving other people. The more I know the love of God at, that he has for me, the more I know the thrill of a relationship uh, with this serving God, the more I know I am a child of this father who serves, the more I serve in love to others. Why? Because this is how God's love works. The more I have my personal needs met in a relationship with God, the less I need to get people to serve me. The more I receive from God, the more I have to give to others. The more I experience God serving me in Christ, the more I can serve others. The more I understand how Jesus laid down his life to serve me, the more I want to lay down my convenience, lay down my schedule, and actually lay down a little bit of my life in order to serve other people. That's how love works which is, of course, what Jesus teaches his disciples after he washes their feet. Do you notice that? Now that I, the Lord, your teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash each other's feet. Do you notice that? It's not, now that I've washed your feet, now you wash my feet. No, after I wash your feet, now you wash each other's feet. I have set you an example that you should do what I have done for you. Jesus says, this is how love works. You know who you are in me when you serve, when you serve through me. Jesus says, this is how it works. You do for others what I have done for you. Jesus said, I laid down my life to serve you. Now you go through my, the infilling of my spirit to lay down a little bit of your life for others starting at home. Maybe starting with you parents instead of if you have little ones, instead of just you're going through the frantic, 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 frantic schedule, slow down. 
and look in your little one's eyes and listen. Listen. Instead of just pushing them on as they try to talk to you and get, throw them in the back seat for the next soccer practice, the next thing that you have to go on uh, your agenda, look at there. Look and listen. Or uh, maybe as a brother or a sister, as a son or a daughter, maybe listen. Put down your phone and actually listen. Maybe notice what you could do to serve that person, anticipate their needs, and meet that need. Maybe making a cup of tea, maybe doing an errand. Who knows what it is? But serve at home. And Jesus says, I laid down my life to serve you. Now you go and lay down a little of your life at work by helping your coworkers succeed and not taking the credit for yourself. Or you go and you serve a little bit at school by reaching out to a, a student who's new or a student who gets picked on, or a student who needs maybe a little help to get through math. Jesus says, I laid down my life to serve you. Now you lay down a little bit of your life to serve at church by teaching the little kids on Sunday about me, by spending some time with, uh, with a teenager, a Club JV or a Fusion or through Urban Impact, which you can read about in your bulletin. Uh, maybe by helping a little bit in the cafe or in the parking lot. Uh, take a look at your bulletin. You'll see that there are five ways, top ways that you can serve here at church. The show Love Serves as you serve here at church. Jesus says, I, I laid down a, my life for you. Now you can lay down a little bit of your life to serve in your community. And that's what our Love Works Day is all about this Saturday. At least one day. Let's go beyond talking about loving our community and actually do something to show it because love serves. And that leads to the next part of what Jesus teaches. Because in order to be someone who really love serves in my life, it is not enough to just know who I am. Love serves through me when I know what I want. Simply put, I'll never be known as a loving person by heaven or anyone on earth until I figure out what I want. It's really simple. I mean, this idea of, uh, of serving others uh, in, in my life is really an either-or proposition. Uh, what do I really want? Do I want to be served or do I want to serve other people. When it comes to my human relationships, there's really only one of two approaches to take. Now, of course, by far, most people take the approach that comes with our natural inborn selfishness, which is, in my relationships, I want my needs met. And this is where I approach my relationships uh, as a, a place, and I would never say this out loud, but where the other person is, in effect, my servant who meets my needs. Again, I would never say this out loud, but when you strip everything away, here's what I want. I want to have people who are close to me who will meet my needs, and the people who don't really meet my needs, I'll just ignore. Or if they are people who met my needs, but then they stop meeting my needs, then I can just kind of fade to black. You know, or if this, okay, here's where it gets complicated. It gets complicated when that person does not meet my needs, but I cannot leave. Uh, when this happens, people resort to a secondary strategy, which is this. I try to change the other person into someone who will meet my needs. We do this in our families all the time. 
Parents try to change their children into kids who will meet their need for social approval and praise. Kids try to manipulate their parents into who they want them to be to meet their needs. Uh, Spouses try to change their mate to be someone else. Quick story. Uh, There's this married couple. Uh, The husband is 60 years old. Uh, The wife is 60 years old, and they're celebrating their 35th anniversary. And during the party, God suddenly appears, and he comes to congratulate them by granting them each one wish. And this 60-year-old wife knows uh, her husband well, and so she makes a wish for him, and God waves his hand, and poof, the husband has tickets for a world cruise. Then God asks the husband for uh, his wish. And being rather selfish, he says, what I want is a wife who's 30 years younger than me. So God waves his hand and poof, the husband is 90 years old. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Okay. You see, God doesn't answer a prayer to change my spouse to meet my needs. What God answers in terms of prayers are prayers to change me. God answers prayers to change me into someone who can meet my spouse's needs, to meet my kids' needs, can meet the needs of people who are in my world. That's the second approach to relationships that very few take, but Jesus modeled for his people. Most people take the approach of wanting relationships to meet my needs, but Jesus fills his followers with his spirit so he empowers them to change, to change and take a different approach. Instead of trying to get people to serve my needs, Jesus empowers me as his follower to change into someone who wants to serve others. That's what Jesus wanted, right? Did you notice what Jesus says? Having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus now showed them, Jesus showed them the full extent of his love. Jesus had love, but that wasn't enough. Jesus wanted to show his love by serving them. Jesus wanted to show his love by washing their feet. Feet belonging, by the way, to some people who would deny him and doubt him and betray him. And if I'm going to be one of those people of love like Jesus, then like Jesus, I must must want a different approach to my relationships. I must go beyond just having love feelings and want to show love to people by serving. I must go beyond just loving thoughts and actually want to show this love to others by meeting needs. And if this is what you want, it's a sign. It's a sign that God's love is working through you. If this is what you want, it's a sign that you understand that serving is the pathway to the best life because it is the blessed life. Love serves through me when I know the blessing of serving others. Jesus promises that when his people serve, 
they experience blessing. Jesus says, now that you know, now that you know these things, what things? That you know who you are in my love, that you know what you want in imitating my kind of serving love, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. My college roommate knew this blessing. And as I have grown in Jesus, I have come to know this blessing firsthand. It's the blessing of getting outside little me and my tiny focus on me. It's the blessing of focusing on the needs of others. It's the blessing of seeing specific needs and then finding ways to specifically meet those needs as an act of service. It's the blessing of seeing that person sense love coming from me and God. It's the blessing of actually seeing something in terms of a transformation in me and in that person in that act. It's, the, it's a blessing. It's so beautiful that it's, it's hard to describe. You know, I can't describe this blessing. And if you, you've experienced it, you, you'd have a hard time expressing what this blessing is like yourself. But I think I can show it to you. I think I can show it to you through one of your fellow black rockers. He was just playing keyboard up here uh, a few moments ago. Uh, his name is Dan Fury, and through Urban Impact, which is uh, staffed uh, by many black rockers uh, in something called Prime Time, uh, Dan uh, met a young man named Sincere, and this is their story. My name is Star. I'm Sincere's mother. My goal is for him to grow up, to go to college, and accomplish what he wants, which is to be a scientist. He's been saying it since he was in kindergarten. It was a struggle a little bit um, because it was just me and him at first. Um, his father's nowhere around. Um, I've been raising him. Before he came, started coming on Monday nights to um, prime time, he wanted to stay in the house all day. He was antisocial. He wanted to stay in the house. He wanted to be on the iPad. He wanted to watch TV. He didn't want to go anywhere until my sister told me about prime time. I just want him to know it's not just me and his family. It's other people that wants to be involved in his life and help him with things. And I tell them that every day, you ask for help, you can get it, because there's a lot of people that's behind your back 100%. Well, I got to know Sincere at Accelerate, the tutoring program, and I noticed that he had an unusual aptitude for reading and math. And at my workplace, where I was working as, as a software engineer, we had our first annual Bring Your Kid to Work Day. And I picked four kids from the Accelerate program to come out to work. And Sincere was the one who really stood out as he was just so curious about the whole thing. I went to Dan's, to his job, and it was fun. He showed me around. I learned everything that I can. Incessantly, for months after he did this program, 
uh, he would ask me, I want to build a cell phone. I want to build a cell phone out of this thing. And one day my coworker comes to me and he says, hey, I found this guy in Ireland that built a cell phone. Um, here are the parts, like you should order this thing. And I showed us here all the parts and we got out the soldering iron and we built a cell phone. Dan is awesome. He's awesome. He calls me, Star, can I come pick up Sincere? We want to work on the phone. Can he do this? And I, Sincere, be willing to go. I'd be happy because he's there for him and is showing that he has another male role model in his life. We soldered. He taught me how to solder. He taught me how to unsolder. He taught me how to put things together. Uh, I've seen Sincere really develop his, uh, really develop his interest in, in pursuing a STEM career, uh, in, uh, in curiosity in general, being, uh, being willing to really work harder at his school assignments, understanding that there's more than, more than just that immediate homework assignment. I've seen that he wants to, he wants to really learn, he wants to really know all the details. It all starts with a spark. It all starts with someone just showing him what it's what is possible with the with the cool science stuff and technology that we have available to us today. I really hope that he sees me as sort of like that cool uncle or big brother sort of figure. Um, I, I spoil him. I, you know, anytime. We hang out, we hang out a lot on Sundays, and he's like, I want to go to Jersey Mike's and get, and I'll get him the big, you know, he'll, he'll down a foot long uh, Philly cheesesteak. Blessing to our bodies and all its greasy goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm probably the only guy that'll just buy one of those for him. Everyone's all, everyone else is like, no, oh, you can't eat that. You get the six inch, you know, get the small one. So I, I spoil the kid, but I, I think our relationship it is, one of a great amount of trust and it has actually opened doors to be able to talk to him a little bit about a relationship with Christ and I'm only starting those conversations now but it's taken two years to get to that point and hopefully now he can see me as a spiritual mentor and someone that can that can pour a lot of wisdom into his life. Dan, I, he's helped, he helped me with my phone He's like a whole, a whole brother to me. Like he helped me with everything I need help with. I feel happy that I can tell whatever I feel in my heart. Because he feel like a whole person that feel that's related to me. And he treat me like that I, I'm like his own son. So like I say, you know, it's hard to describe this blessing, but I think you know it when you see it. And you'll know it when you see yourself in that situation that Dan and Sincere were in, where uh, you know God's love, and then you know who you are in God, and then you know what you want to, in terms of showing that love, then you will know this blessing. 
and that changes everything. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.